Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Geeky Side with Will Nix and my co-partner, co-host, and all co-things, Tara Burton. Hey, Tara, how's it going? Hi, I am awake. Really? I am, and I'm in my pajamas. Me too. Isn't I just that lo- awesome? I love that. Podcasting in pajamas, the new show. Uh, so. It's true. I, you know, that would be a great poll. How many podcasters podcast right. in pajamas? Yes, we need to know this. It's or their underwear. Up. We really yes. should, you know. Yeah, we hey that one person's pajamas is their underwear and some you know and, and other things. It's you know we we're not here to judge. We do not judge what you wear to bed. No, or not. <laughs> well, I don't know. My cat might. I mean, she likes. Your cat might judge that. She I might sits judge on the myself. nightstand. She's sort of like the Russian judge, and right know, now she's cleaning her tail. So that's the kind of Russian judge she is. She's the mean Russian judge. <laughs> yes, who wants lots of attention. Well, tell me, what have you been up to, Tara? What have I been up to? Uh, grading. Grading? Really? That's not geeky. Well, it is geeky. We're educators. We have to grade. We do. We have to grade. But besides that, and some other things that we'll be talking about later, I am doing what I usually do to get my geek on on a day-to-day basis, which is play myself some games on my phone. Oh, really? I, I like to do that some as well. What's uh, your current fave right now? My current fave, um, actually, my current favorite one that I'm playing almost every single day is Puzzle Page. Okay. Um, I love, um, I actually love logic puzzles, but I haven't found a really good logic puzzle app. So if anybody okay. has one of those, please let me know because I'm looking for one. But all this right. one has crosswords and Sudokus and picture puzzles and all different kinds. And there's a whole new page every day. I actually even subscribe to it. So I, I actually spent money. And I know I don't do that very often. I don't either, but I, I know the feeling. Trust me, the urge hit you. Yeah, it does. well, I get a free page of games every day, and so I figured it out and it was like pennies. I was like, Shane was like, you play every single day. I'm like it's true. So every day I get a page of games, and I usually always finish the page that day. And okay. it's kind of my way of waking up or chilling out. So that's kind of my wake up game. I understand that. I I have been recently playing uh, Marvel Strike Force. I like a little bit of RPG action kind of thing, and I of course I love all things Marvel. So it's my game. I've played several of these, you know, Contest of Champions, you you name it, Defenders of the Realm, all these different kind of Marvel games. But this one has been a little fun, and I'll burn out on it in a week or two, and it'll be gone, and I never want to talk of it again. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of, to me uh, to me phone gaming in, in a way it is that it's always trying out something new. That's no. how I like to approach game for, for me. That's true. I tend to come back to some of them. Like I've been, I do. I've I been do. playing yeah. Emoji Blitz for forever. Yeah. Like before it was, you know, the hot thing to do. Right. And um, I still love it. My husband plays it now, so we have competitions to see who can get the most emojis. There you go. And we do uh, events together. And well, um, my wife's still big into Pokemon Go. I mean, that's her. You know, she that's in her still her everyday obsession. Well, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just her thing. No, and we still play Pokemon Go as well, too. I mean, right. um, I'm really bad about not always getting my going to visit a gym and right. catching a Pokemon every day. But um, we're busy. <laughs> we're busy. We're people. busy, and I forget. And that's yeah. kind of stupid because, like, last night I was at Trader, G- Trader Vicks. You were, and, you were Trader Vicks, and there you go. <laughs> I'm like, there's a ton of them, and I totally forgot to turn my phone on. Yep. But, um, which is good. That's a good thing. Yeah, but, sometimes we don't need to have our phones on. No, so. sometimes you need to enjoy the people you're with. But, um, 
We still like it too, so I, I totally understand your wife's. Yeah. Oh, I, I, it's not that I hate it. It's just I don't have the time to do the stuff I'd like to do with it, and so I'm one of those. You know me. I get too obsessive. There's a reason why I don't get to play WoW anymore. <laughs> so, true. That's very yeah. true. I, I'm Will Nix, and I have I have gaming addiction. I'd like to go ahead and like get that out there. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, I've, I do too. Well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a true. I had to give up World of Warcraft some years ago, and I get addicted to MMORPGs. So I have to be really careful. And Tyra's been aware of this for years now, and a lot of my friends are. And people don't know how real gaming addiction can be. And it, for me, it was it became it interfered with my life. So I had to I had to give it up. I understand. I I would say for me, MMORPGs have uh, gotten me through some really bad parts of my life. Well, I almost missed the first six months life of my son because of it, because I was playing WoW like twenty three hours out of twenty four hours of a day. Okay, that would be bad. It was bad. See, that's what I'm saying. The dark side of you know MMORPGs for me. I'm not saying it's bad for everybody. I'm just saying Will Nix had an issue. So <laughs> Will Nix cannot play. So one day we'll have a World of Warcraft discussion, but we'll turn Will's mic off. I can talk about it. I just start tweaking a little. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say maybe I should turn your headset off so you don't really it. hear me. I taught just, it. Say, you know, random words. Yeah, I, oh, when I was teaching, it was like the hardest moment. It was kind of like getting, getting your fix. It's like, here, I'll hit this button for you. No, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go over here. Yeah, I had to so, go hide in the corner. <laughs> Just like an, <laughs> an alcoholic going to a uh-huh. bar. Yep, that club soda's really working for me, Jim. <laughs> uh, so the other game that I play, because my husband is obsessed, oh boy. is Toon Blast. Okay. He is on level 1,000. Wow. So when I say obsessed, that's obsessed. yeah, that, that's I mean almost obsessed. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but, um, and actually I really want to do, we, we talked about this, uh, before we came live was we want to do a show about, um, handheld games and phone games, um, and how they've changed. Cause I yes. actually, I found some really cool articles that I was going to share, but I'm going to hold it back. So we can talk about it later, but uh, so be telling us what your favorite um, handheld phone games are. What are right. kind of your time killers? Not the ones that you are like, they're not expensive, you know, non expensive free games that you really enjoy playing and why? Microtransactions. Oh, know. yes, microtransactions. But we'll talk about those. Yes, too. all that later. So I know, Will, you also had something pretty damn geeky that you got to do for your, as part of your day job. I did. I got to, I'm, as, as transitioning to a computer science teacher, at, for, for the audience to know, I was an English teacher for 13 years, and I've moved over to computer science um, for many reasons. I respond to emails now, uh, <laughs> and I got one from this competition in Atlanta called Games for Change. And we have, we have the website out there. It's gameforchange.org. And they said, hey, come to our conference and um, learn about this competition to help your students. And what they do, it's, it's, it's a nationwide contest, and they have regions throughout different cities, New York, Atlanta, Detroit, um, Los Angeles, and many others. I, I can't think of them all. You see them on the website. And they offer software and support for, uh, for game design for students uh, from 6th grade to 12th, and they offer a competition for games to help with um, some social issues. Such as, I think last year's theme dealt with automation, oh. I believe, and um, this year it's dealing. It's there's several. There's several different themes, and it's just, it's it's really fascinating. And it, if you get a chance to take a look at it, what really blew my mind, Tara, was that I was one of three gamers in the room. That's just sad. I, you told just, me that, and I was just blown away by that. I mean, they go, who's a gamer in the room? And three of us raised our hand, and I don't know if it was, and, and it was one guy, one girl. 
Um, one lady, excuse me. I, I, I don't mean to be demeaning. Um, it, it was just and, – and you're just going, okay, where are the rest of us? Ooh. But what's funny is how quickly they didn't want to identify as gamers because when they asked if they played games on their phones, most of the people raised their hand. Or if they played a video game, they would raise their hand, but they didn't want to identify as the word gamer. And I think it's because that term – and we were just, we discussed this a little bit. It's gotten to be almost a, ne- a very negative t- title, being oh. a gamer. I don't think it's gotten to be. I think it's been. I think it has been, but I, I, I was trying to be nice with my intro and saying that not all gamers were evil. <laughs> as well, no. one thought. <laughs> I mean, if we if we think about you know what people would have described as a gamer, oh, yes, it was playing Dungeons and Dragons in the basement, drinking, yes. you know, yeah, Mountain Dew. It, it was well, what geeky used to be. It's what geeky used to be, but I mean, right. people saw that, and then Dungeons and Dragons had kind of a evil connotation to it and well, also just the nerd to, to go to yes. the darker side of the word geek nerd you are a nerd if you did these things right but and the vast majority of people are actually gamers oh gosh yes uh they just don't want to admit it so i i'm i'm a little sad that they didn't admit it because they're at a, at a gaming it. conference <laughs> right it's gaming. like this is your safe space in terms this of safe this this is as safe as it can get you know, I, 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 I sat in the room and, and I put up the website. It's a great it's a great tool, create mouse, create.mouse.org. It's a nonprofit. They help schools, they help others develop games through Scratch, through multiple different levels of game design and uh, Unity and um, Twine and many other game design platforms and really, really good chance to get into the community and learn how to do game design. They teach you basic coding, get you some into even some advanced coding and basic game and in game design. It looks really cool. I just took a look at the website itself, and you know, it's just—it's such a neat um, field to go into. And I'm very excited for you to kind of get to explore teaching it. But it—it really makes me sad that it needs to have people teaching it that love games. And that was the thing that we we keep doing these exercises on how and how to build a game. And these people would do these fundamental. I'm, I'm like, why don't we just add this little bit of an element? That's what makes a game a game. And they didn't know how to do it because they don't play them. I said, you play card games. Oh, yeah. I said, well, then let's make it a card game. Watch. Boom, 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 boom. It's a card game. I'm like, oh, that's gaming? I'm like, yes. Yes. There's the fundamental elements that are gaming, and it's so important with learning. Um, before I did this, and when I was an English teacher, uh, I've came, I've taught Tyra's class about this. I've, I've, done this. I've done this for years. As I used World of Warcraft in the classroom as a medium for learning, and that's what I want people to understand is that gaming and games are just another medium for literature, math, science, social studies. There's so much out there, and if you just give them a chance, you actually can learn – use it as a learning tool and as a tool to learn. It's, it's both. Well, and, I mean, gaming is such a, you game by choice. You know, it, you choose to game. And because right. of that, it should have, there's certain elements it's got to have. It's got to entertain you. It's got to draw you in. It's got to give you a reason to keep coming back, whatever that is. Well, the only thing I had, the, the, the only thing, and I, we talked about this off air, was we had, what I feel that their mission is, is it's social justice gaming, which I understand has its place, but you know how I am about the word educational games. Right. And that it, it is such a turnoff for kids. And I've seen it. I think what we should do is take games and make them educational. And that, that actually is a difference, like I did with World of Warcraft. I made it, an, I, I made it, I made it edutainment. We, mm-hmm. we used it as, an, as a tool. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the only medium. We used multiple mediums. And so if you just make a game that's educational, you lose kids. You just automatically lose them it's because they see it as work. No, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, outside outside of 
as the the joke one, you know, the Oregon Trail and some other classic educational games that turned into these huge phenomena. But outside of that, it's just I, I can't name a good one. <laughs> I can't. They're few and far between, is what I would say. <laughs> right, right. And it's not again. I mean, if it's your thing and you got kids doing it as a teacher. Go for it. If it's your passion and you've got kids who love it, do it. Do it, do it, do it, because if anything, it makes the kids stand up, recognize, and go, I want to do this. I love it because they learn. Yeah, I can't wait to see what your kids uh, turn out. I think it's going to be... It's going to be entertaining. (laughs) And and I think coming from from an English background, it's interesting for you to become, you know, a computer science gaming teacher because you bring to that that element of storytelling. You and I were... You know, that storytelling has been, to some extent, lost in games, or it's been dumbed down to what we see in... That was it. That was the word you and I think we're both looking for, is the dumbing down of the game. Yeah. So you look at Candy Crush. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a dumbed down story. And how can you add a more vibrant story into something that somebody plays on their phone while they're standing in line? And that, if somebody can figure that out... Yes. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the next innovation is how to get these stories across the games uh, on, on those kind of platforms. I really do. And I think there I think there's some companies out there trying. I really do think there are. Um, I, where I see the writing coming weak is in in these serialized games like your Final Fantasies and your, uh, your Skyrims and those kinds. And that you had good writing and then it's just like, well, we can just copy and paste and make this story and just tweak and change the color of an elf to blue. You know, it, it, it's, 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 it's the commercialization and that happens. Right. That happens in every in everything. Well, and as a as you get diminishing returns, uh-huh. you don't get as much money to put into the next iter- right. iteration of the game, and so you don't get that in depth storytelling. And exactly. a lot, I you know, and this is something I will always say about Blizzard. I'm a huge Blizzard uh, fan. Yes. is that Blizzard will say, you know, we were going to put out a game then, but it's not ready. We're going to wait. Yeah, and they are great about waiting. And I'm worried about that. When uh, them and I think it's Activision that they're part of mm-hmm. joined, and I was like, oh. "Oh!" But they've kept their autonomy. They really have kept to that. We're not going to release it till it's ready. Well, look at Blizzard. Look at Doom Three. I mean, not Doom. Diablo Three. Oh. Uh, Diablo Two was released. Gosh, when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And what Diablo Three came out five years ago? I'm thinking. Am I, am I, I around? Something around there. I love Di- Diablo Three. Is what I played when my when my mom died. Right. Um, I, I mean, saying how long it took for them and how long they waited to launch a good product. Yes, and that's how they—that's how they think. And I don't think that's most gaming companies. No, no, um, I agree. They don't put that level of storytelling because, like in Diablo three, you can go play that game with all the the secondary helpers, and you get a mm-hmm. different story. Yes, and that's awesome. And that was how Diablo 2 and Diablo were. I mean, there's a reason why they're still up and running. Yeah. People have dedicated uh, farms just to play those games online, those old games, because it's a real fun game. And it's it's different every time you play it because of the way things happen. And I've actually never played the original two. I've only played Diablo 3. Oh, uh, you got to try them out. I think you would enjoy them. It's, it, it's an older way of looking at gaming, but it's still an, an enjoyable, enjoyable game. Awesome. I, and I haven't tried StarCraft yet. It's Oh, okay. I, I keep thinking about it, and then I keep going, man. Eh, there's, there's not much time for our geek in our lives. So. There's true. There, there's things like grading. <laughs> like launching an eSports team like I've done. That's so. right. So tell me about this eSports team that you've launched. Well, we 
um, the Georgia High School Association has finally recognized esports as an athletic event. My my guys aren't gamers; they're athletes. <laughs> so, awesome! Yeah, in there, go, go gamers. Um, and we've got two League of Legend teams um, starting up with MBOs. Uh, I am not as uh, this is not my area of gaming. I'm learning with my kids. I played with them the first time the other day. And it was a lot of fun, and it's RTSs gone live gone hardcore in rts is real-time strategies such as the age of empires and things like that it really to me it was like oh i know how to do this right click kill 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 see it's just i know about that from dada from starcraft which i don't play but that's what all the guys would play after raiding and it's all these are pretty much multiple they're the mbos the multiple battlefields online for people to do these things so in these games uh, we have others that will be started in the spring uh, rocket league icons uh, nba 2k which i thought was an interesting choice but i realize now because they want this 5v5 level because i went if you're going to add a sports game there's one out there that's the the elephant in the room is madden but you don't want you, you want only five players at a time so NBA 2K fits that perfectly in the basketball sense to bring okay. in that sports gamer. Um, you have icons. What's the other? I always forget one. And oh, Smite, and all, and one of them is an Atlanta-based game. Oh, and awesome! So that's really cool. And the kids, I've got a lot of kids. We've got about 13, 15 uh, athletes for a team this year. Uh, and in the spring, I'm looking at 50 <laughs> because they all want to play these other games. And it's just – it's new. It's through uh, PlayVS is the company that's running it for us right now. And uh, they're very helpful and, and just going to – it's giving other kids to be involved in the school, which I like. Oh, no, I think that's awesome. And I was just looking. There's uh, NAC Esports, which is yes. the college sports. Yep. And I'm um, I'm shocked actually really that Kennesaw – you don't have a team. Yeah. We don't have a team. Uh, Georgia Southern has a team. Georgia State uh-huh. has a team. And they um, offer scholarships for this now. I know, and we actually, I know we have an esports team because I've taken their pictures before. So You're like, where are you best? <laughs> why aren't we on this list? I'm so confused. So I actually will be asking some questions. And I know there's actually, today, there's an esports thing going on down at uh, Georgia State, which is my alma mater. Right. But it's definitely becoming something that's um, it's much, growing. much bigger. I actually have a friend whose son went to um, school on an esports scholarship. Wow. Okay. Down at Georgia Southern. Wow. And yeah. see, and that's what I'm hoping for my kids. I mean, you, you always have those disenfranchised kids that you just know that if they could find their niche, would find a way to school. And I think this is just another way to reach those kids. So I agree. And it's another way for, for you to meet people. And a lot of times, yeah. I, I don't mean to be stereotypical, but I know this no. fits me and it fits some other people. Um, we're introverts. And yeah. I, I mean, the mere fact that my husband and I figured out we liked each other is probably a miracle. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> Magic, because God knows we're both oblivious. Um, so that it gives you another way to meet people and be a part of something. And when you go right. to a university, it's so cool that you can, like, find a group that you fit with and that you understand. And also having a group of students in high school to hang out with. Just, you know, yes, having – this is especially across cliques because I like to say this gaming is universal in that sense. Not everybody labels themselves as a gamer, but almost everybody plays a game of some sort. And so we get kids who are having to work together who wouldn't normally have worked together. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, so it's an easy way for them to find each other. Yes. Well, Sarah, you've had some very big news going on with you on the conference circuit. Talk I about do. it here a bit. Um, I'm part of a writer's group in Atlanta, and we put on a conference called Moonlight and Magnolias every October. And in a moment of, hmm, 
insanity and lack of clarity of thought a couple of years ago, I said, sure, I'll take that over and run that for two years as a co-chair with my friend Sherry and my co-author. She and I wrote Penduli Station. So that's the other crazy part about this is we co-chaired a conference and wrote a sci-fi romance together in the same year. Oh, okay. Wow. We do do not suggest this, by the way. No, yeah, I was going to say, wow, that's a lot. It was a lot. And so we had about 170, 175 people at the conference. We had 36 uh, workshops and panels, two keynote luncheons, a welcome dinner, a full-on banquet with award show, (laughs) and a three-hour craft uh, workshop on Sunday. And so this was over four days. Uh, so it's a lot, <laughs> a lot Shoot, of moving wheels. That's a lot. That is a lot. I found out that I actually do like event management and I, I like putting on this. I like running it. Um, Good. and we just, we had a great time. We used an app called Whova and uh-huh. it made all the difference in the world. I learned, I taught myself in design so I could do the program. Nice. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> Not. Now, did you also win an award? I did win an award. That was very sweet of you to remember. I got the, I um. We have two different types of awards. Uh, my co-chair got the Chapter Service Award, which is for the current year's service. And right. then there's another award called the Sander Chastain Award from one of our founders who's passed away. Oh. And it's the um, the service award for a body of service over a period of time. And, and I was lucky enough to be one of the uh, recipients of it. Okay. That's awesome. It is awesome. So, and so if people were interested in this, where should they go to find out more information for NSA next year? Uh, GeorgiaRomanceWriters.org. And next year, our main keynote speaker is going to be Jennifer Armantrout. That's an awesome name. She, it's an awesome name. She's an awesome lady. She's got a wonderful story. She's a YA uh, bestselling author. We also have Alyssa Day, uh, a local writer from our GRW group called... Susan Carlisle, who writes medical romances, but she's also written on World War II um, in France. And I think that is just totally awesome that she's done both. And then we're also going to have a a friend of mine called Tondra Kendall. She'll be coming up from Florida. She's going to be handling our indie focus track. So this next year, we're going to have an entire track focused on indie writing and indie publishing, because that's truly uh, changing the face of of publication, of publishing, of the publishing industry. And that should probably be, if we look at different shows we should do, I would love to do one on publishing and what's going on in the book industry because it's so different. It's changing. It's changing. And there's just so much. And I'm I'm really lucky that I come from a marketing background so that I already have some of those tools in my tool chest, but a lot of ladies don't. And Right. um, so that's what we're going to have well, next you, year. Well, for you, indie publishing works because you know how to you know how to market yourself. I do. I sometimes and I do it better than others. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what I'm saying, yeah, it's just that, and some don't. And well, I, I I like to think of this, you know, the indie genre as you know the the story about John Grisham, and how he got started. He was a self publisher, and he he becomes this m- mogul in publishing because of being able to get his books out there. I did not know that about him. He's yeah. not. Um, we don't talk about him in the indie community. Well, he's not been indie for a long time now. So, so well, I mean, because I would say that he might have been a, a different type of indie. I don't know when it was, but it's, most of the eighties. Yeah, mean, it's changed completely since then. Um, and Jana was a friend of ours that's going to be coming on in hopefully November to talk awesome. to us 
about uh, a con she's going to in London for Jack, about Jack the Ripper. I'm already jealous because it's in London. I, I mean, know. yeah, right? It's on my bucket list. Well, when we get her on, we'll talk about this is one of the uh, gatherings that is on my bucket list to do sometime awesome. in the future. But it's definitely changed. Like when she first self-published, it was a whole different bag than right. it was um, – when uh, she started that, what indie publishing is now. Right. There's so many different ways to do it now other than just going through a company, publishing the book, things like that. It's just there's so many levels to it. And we can get into that later, but it's just it's amazing how much de- more dense it's gotten. There's so many more choices to publish now. Yes. There, you, there's so many ways to get your book into somebody's hand. And so uh, the conference that we ran is about that. We are running it one more year and then <laughs> – I am running. I'm going, You're running from the comments. I'm yes. going to literally hide underneath the table because uh, it's it was a crazy two days or three days or four days. It was four days. And all the free work. I mean, I just remember you. Gosh. Oh, it's ton. It's you know it. The thing about volunteering is that you discover that it takes up more time than you thought it would. Yes. You know, and being educators, you also a lot of times. You know, you have your job, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of service that comes with your job and a lot of yes. volunteering that comes yes. with your job that isn't part of your job, but you do it because it's, it's what your you job. do. It's also, in a weird way, it's also still your job. Eh, mine a little bit less so, but I mean, there's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of service that you're giving there. And so it, you, I, you really have to think. My, my goal over the next three years is to learn to use the word no. Oh, wait, you, you haven't learned that in art either? No. Me, I, I just want to make sure I was the only educator there. That's educators, though. I really think I think educators in general have that have that struggle. It's hard. I mean, the, it really you know, is. So because we want to we want to lead. No, no. Yeah, okay. I'm practicing. Me too. Yes, ma'am. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you need more practice, young. I got to start working on this. No. <laughs> I will so, not practice that today. <laughs> that was my adventure over the last – Sherry and I have been putting that together for the last year. Oh, but my gosh. I think this year will be easier. We uh, we have a system now. Systems That's good. Are important. Systems. Now we just need some Patsy to take it over. <laughs> All right. Can I, can I practice right now? No. Oh, well. See, no, I'm not doing it. You no. went on my list. But. Oh, well. Oh, you know what? Now I'm doing it. I'm I, <laughs> That's how you get See, me. That's how you got to get him. Yeah, yeah, that's how you get me. Tell him I can't do it. And then now he's running the dang thing. You know? <laughs> so, um, so our next kind of thing is talking about some of the other conferences that we're going to be attending, some of the cons. I and know. for me, I'm attending my uh, first other real con this year. I've been invited to be along with my my co-host here at to Conjuration. So Tyra, tell us a little more Conjuration. You know more about it than I do by far. Yes. Well, we've been going to Conjuration since it started. Um, And Conjuration has the unique um, defining characteristic in our group of friends as being Brian and Jennifer Flatley's first date. Aww. So Conjuration is their anniversary. So it's Kurt. (laughs) (laughs) It was originally kind of a Harry Potter con. Right. And very focused on that. And it's kind of grown from that. But we try to stay in that kind of magical realm yeah. there's some science fiction there's a lot of sorting yeah yeah let's sort you in the star trek yeah, I saw that. yeah i saw that the houses of star trek and the houses of this and you know i'm like i, I like that yeah there's a I lot of that. classifications um but a lot it's of fun a, with it. it's a really good con in the sense that it's a family con you're going to see all 
All it's a starter ages con. There. It's a what kind? <laughs> starter con. It is a, a good, starter con. It's a starter con. It is. Or those of us who've been conning for a long time, we call it a relaxicon. Relaxicon. There we go. You relax. Because I hope like, I can't handle another dragon con in a year. So. Oh no, no, no. We do one dragon a year because my husband it, would like fall over. Yes. But, uh, though I want to go to Gen Con, so he may have to do two. Oh boy. Oh but, boy. Uh, he he loves conjuration. You can you can dress up. You can costume. They have a costuming branch. You can cosplay. There's tons of cosplay going on. Uh, and actually, I'll be doing my. I have a lot of Ravenclaw stuff. All right. And thank heavens the weather's getting colder. Cause yeah, because that's the only way you're gonna wear that. That's hell yeah. So I've got Ravenclaw robes, and I've got my little Ravenclaw cardigan. I need to get a button-up shirt that I can wear with my tie because I have a okay. Ravenclaw tie. Um, that a dear friend of mine, Tim, down in Florida uh, got all that from Universal from me, including oh, a Luna wand. I love Luna. I love Luna. She, I, I, I still am mad at JK for not putting her and Harry together. <sighs> that would have been cute. I really would have rather have seen her with Longbottom. Me too. With Neville. No, either one. Neville would have been, been perfect. Great. I, I just I, I honestly we can get it okay we'll have our Harry Potter discussion later we will um, yes like and at conjuration we, yes that you know what we should do that our our, our podcast because we're we're gonna broadcast when they're live that's right we have a panel called concasting the geeky side goes live yep and we're actually gonna broadcast live from from and there. this should be really entertaining it should be <laughs> it's gonna be late at night on a yep. Saturday. Yep. So we should be. I'll probably have had a adult refreshing beverage by that point. Yes. And yes, we'll have. <laughs> if you're going to be at Conjuration, you should come on down. We're going to be bringing. I'm going to bring my good mics, and you can sit down with us and talk about what you love about Harry Potter, what spells you'd like to cast in real life, what house you would be sorted in. Mm-hmm. I think we already know where I'm sorted. Actually, you know, here's the funny thing: I get sorted into one of two houses. You're also Hufflepuff, I, I guarantee it. I yeah, I do. <laughs> I knew it. I knew I, it. I'm a Ravenpuff. <laughs> I'm I'm a Slytherin door. I am. Oh, you're I, my husband. Yeah, Shane. Shane and I have we talked about this. Shane and I are very much in common. I am very much Gryffindor, but yep. I also have the ambitious side of of Slytherin. So I, I I understand its appeal. So my husband loves black, and if you love black, they sort you mm-hmm. into Slytherin. I do not understand this. I think it's I don't wrong. Either. I think it's horribly wrong. We can have a whole conversation about that. Right, right, but right. At Concasting, the geeky side goes live. <laughs> yes. But we also are doing two other panels there. Yep. We're doing uh, one called Muggle Podcasting. We can make a wizard out of you. Yes. And we're going to talk about how, you know, all the other good things that we're going to do with you there. Right. Well, and we're going to tell you how, how we got started, what mm-hmm. are some of the tools we use, where we host stuff, all those kind of cool things. So that if you want to get into podcasting, too, uh, and do it better than we do. Please do. Have a schedule. Uh, <laughs> we suck at the schedule, which yeah. is probably my fault because I've always sucked at that. But um, we're going to talk about it in Muggle Podcasting. And we have somebody joining us, and I apologize for not having No, I don't have the name and schedule pulled up. Me either. I know. And, we, and we, will, we will make sure to make it up to them when we're podcasting. So Absolutely. And our other panel is totally different. Yes. Uh, we're leaving the podcasting world and going into RPG gaming. Which is something we both love. We do. And we're going to use RPG gaming uh, characteristics and character sheets to help build characters for your books. 
And I'm going to focus on backstory because as an English, you know, former English major, former English teacher, I really like to get into the story of things and how that really shapes your character. And I am that evil, evil DM, GM that likes to use your backstory against you. So <laughs> I'd like to make sure you build that if you, you know, stick to stick to your character, people stick to your character. And that's what you have to do when you write. And I yes. love now that I understand them, I love using uh, classes and mm-hmm. a Oh, oh, alignments. It's not alignments. Alignments. Classes alignments. alignments. Yep. You know, whether you're good, evil, L- lawful neutral, lawful neutral, <laughs> yes. uh, chaotic. I love chaotic, that. Yeah, chaotic good, chaotic evil. I mean, there's there's so many. There's the, the all, it's just it's fascinating. It is. And we actually for Penduli Station, how we first started off was using that kind of classification system as nice. a way of understanding our characters and for the fantasy that I'm writing, I have my own fantasy book that I'm writing right now. Uh, I definitely used it because they're fantasy characters. I have a paladin. I mean, he's lawful good. And like from our last show, he's Apollo. <laughs> he is Apollo. He's Apollo. He's even worse than Apollo in many ways. Oh my gosh, he's even better. He's even better, goody goody. He he does not. He does not lie. He does not. Oh. You know, I don't know if the original Apollo ever lied. He was well, pretty good guy. Let me put it to you. He doesn't – he never fails to tell you everything. Oh, he's data. Yeah, yes. In some ways, he's data. He's like, oh, I, I, you need to know this. I'm going to tell you. And meanwhile, his compatriot is looking at him like, did Hitting you have – you overshared. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oversharing. So, so his partner's Jordy is what we're getting at. <laughs> Enough data. Enough. So, I love it. Uh, love it. So we'll definitely be doing that. We're going to try to create a character looking at some Dungeons and Dragons and um, Pathfinder as well as some other things. There's actually somebody created a Harry Potter role-playing game. Nice. I found. So we'll probably talk about it a little bit. And they have a character creation to talk about. What, hun? Sequel to Fantastic Beasts comes out. So around that time. Yeah. So that'll be I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in because of any of the backstory she's ever hinted to Grindelwald and the battle between him and uh, Dumbledore has been something that's always fascinated me. It should, I think it should definitely shed some light on things. It will definitely shed some light. Good or bad. Light's coming out. Yep. We'll find out. <laughs> Cherry. Yes. So look for those. I'm also lucky enough to be on two other panels because I've been a guest at Conjuration before. Yeah, right. And so I'm doing another panel called Make Them Laugh, Humor and Fantasy. And because my fantasy that I'm writing is actually a lighthearted fantasy. It has a lot of humor in it. I hope I may be the only one laughing at it. We'll find out shortly. (laughs) And then uh, the second panel is The Secrets of Successful Sci-Fi and Fantasy World Building. I'm not exactly sure that I'm successful at it, but I'm thrilled to be on a panel with people who are. There we go. And I and I will be floating around trying to get, pick up snippets here and there. And also, if I ever end up in a panel room, I end up on a panel. So <laughs> it's we just sh- We're sure Will will warm his way I, in somewhere. I will find a way to, st- to lead a conversation. I just do. I can't help myself. It's true. He's, he's special. I am special. And you know what? I, I get followers quickly. <laughs> That's true. Just Good, or sure. Good or bad. Good or bad. Come along. Follow the geeky side.com. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but, you know, Conjuration is one of many, like, local conventions in the Atlanta area. Atlanta has 
just some amazing stuff. And I didn't even, I have a list of some cons we're going to talk about. There's a couple I was just thinking of that aren't here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just thinking of there's Chattanooga. If I just go up 75, there's con Nuga, there's Chattacon, there's, um, what's the Birmingham one? There's, um, there's, Oh, uh, there's so many. There's, there's just so, so many. And so I'll, we need to try to do a better list. So I'll try to add some of these to okay. these. But beyond Dragon Con, there's a lot of smaller, very niche conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Conjuration is kind of the last one of the year. And then we come back in January, and there's either Chattacon or Con Nuga. I'm not sure which right. happens. Right. And then it's Anacrocon. Yes. And Anacrocon is... A, and. Uh, Will and I were talking about the name of the con. (laughs) (laughs) Throw me under the bus quick. It's okay. No, I mean, but it's a valid thing. I don't like the name. I don't like the name. But at the same time, I understand the name. There's a difference. Well, and I think that part of what is confusing is that it originally was targeting history people. Right. So that it, it... anachronisms are things out of time and, you know, out of history. And so the Society of Creative Anachronisms, the SCA, and it was definitely more history focused when it first started 10 years ago. And it's kind of grown differently. It's kind of gone into the steampunk. Yeah, it definitely was like the first big kind of steampunk area in in Atlanta. And it grew out of the alt history track at Dragon Con. Right. So... There's a lot of connection there. So, <laughs> yeah, multiple reasons. It's uh, the Valentine's Day weekend, shall we say, and it's going to be its 10th anniversary. And I did find out it's Chattacon that's in January. Okay. okay. It's January 25th through 27th. And I actually have got to tell one of my friends about it because Timothy Zahn, who no. is a huge Star Wars writer, the creator is, of Thrawn himself. I know, and he is the guest of honor there. So oh, I gotta I, go to that. I know Chattacon might be on our list this I year. Might so I have to go to that one because I love Timothy Zahn. There's a, and there's a lot of good times there. Um, I think that I, I want to go ahead and say this right quick. I think the greatest disservice that Star Wars was ever done is they didn't take Timothy Zahn work and make it the sequels. I agree with you. I because he's amazing and his writing is amazing. I. Totally and one hundred percent agree with you. I am. Th- I am grateful to the Disney overlords for getting a hold of his stuff and 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 actually making some of it canon, adding Grand Admiral Thrawn and bringing in the, some of the other characters he created because he has done such a wonderful job. No, I agree. I I loved his take on things. I loved, I loved how he wrote Han and Leia. He kept to their characters. He did instead of this crap that I've had to deal with. Yes, he did. Yeah, uh, Han ditching her. Uh, yeah. And, and Luke becoming this aloof jerk. Yeah. I mean, he kept an element of that with Luke. Luke went on his own journey, but it wasn't that Luke just ditched them because he did something wrong. Right. So oh, I have issue. we have issues, yeah. people. And Timothy's on. If you want to read better sequels than we have, read Oh, my gosh. I, want, I wish that somebody could – if they could make a series of independent films with that, that would just be great. That would be awesome. So um, – the other con in Chattanooga, actually, it goes Chattacon, Anacrocon, and then Connuga okay. is February 22nd through 24th. And a lot of cons in that area. It is. This one's at the Chattanooga Convention Center. It, I think this is the one that used to be in the Chattanooga Choo Choo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not anymore. So. Aw. But if you're interested, the host hotel is nearly sold out. So register Get soon. On it. Get on it. And um, 
Our host hotel has swag for all guests. Who knew? Uh, so go take a look at that. And then there's, I know there's a con in in July, but I can't remember what it is from my life. <laughs> well, so we, Liberty we Con. Have Liberty yeah. Con. I found it. There okay. Go. I feel so good now. <laughs> okay. So, there's um, MomoCon and all the other cons. And- I know. I forgot. I didn't do any of the anime. Anyway, next up in April. Is Boo to Ford is 221B, which is a Sherlock con. Yes. Love me some Holmes. Love me. I, I love Sherlock. And Tyra and I have the, the, the great debate that's going to come up on one of these shows is who's be, what's better, Sherlock or Elementary? That fight's coming, people. Yeah, it's going to be a throwdown. <laughs> it's going to be a throwdown. And it's a good throwdown. Our, that's the good thing about our, the geeky side is that neither one of us are wrong. Except for Tyra in this case, but no, Will's wrong. No, except for Will, Will's always wrong. But <laughs> the whole point—the whole point—is that it's what you enjoy, right? And we both agree that Holmes is a character that is open for interpretation. Oh yes, and I love how people. I mean, yes. with both series, they have yes. expanded that universe and and taken yes. it into new places, and they've both been respectful of the universe. Yes, yes. So whether whether you which production you prefer, neither one's going. Oh, they're doing a horrible job with it. Right. No, it's which do you just prefer? Right. Uh, so, so, a question. Yes. How do you feel about um, Iron Man himself playing Sherlock Holmes? How do you like love his? It. I love, love him it. too. I, I loved. I I loved his version of it. I um, I I love the first movie. The first one is one of the best Sherlock Holmes films to me. Yeah. The second one gets a little eh with me. I it just it the writing wasn't there, and I'm hoping that they really bring back um that that successful team in that third film that's coming out. I, I've crossed my fingers because I'm super excited about it. Me too. I, I, you know what's so funny is that I love that they kind of reversed the way you would actually picture it with Jude Law playing Dr. Watson because 30 years ago he would have played Holmes. And, uh, and, and yeah, and Robert Downey would have played Dr. Watson. I <laughs> love that they reversed that. I, it's just, yeah. Well, Robert Downey has – the depth of life experience and certain yeah. life experiences to yeah, do to play that character. Just like he does Iron Man. I think that he's those two he's characters. Perfect. He, he, is the, he, he is those characters. Yes. I mean, his lifestyle, I mean, both of us children of the 80s, Robert Downey Jr., there was no one who could party as hard as he could. No. And for good and for bad. And, well, people don't know that about Holmes. Holmes was a big cocaine freak. And adding that element to the character and bringing that out into into reality, he plays both those. And you know, Tony Stark being an alcoholic, mm-hmm. really, it really does a service for fans who struggle with addiction. No, he's he's so awesome and so supportive, and just who he's become as a person. He is the hero's journey. He is. He really has redeemed himself. He it's, really has. Awesome. Um, so two two one B, a fabulous con. And matter of fact, if you're a young lady out there who it's like, I don't want to go to a con. There's all – 221B is one of the safest spaces yes. I've ever seen for a female con goer. So come yep. on down. Um, Who Atlanta is next up <laughs> in May. Guess what it's about? I wonder, could it be about the doctor? It could be about the doctor. So, And there's so much going on with the doctor right now, and I hate to say it, but I'm not the biggest fan. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't talk because I haven't seen anything yet. I No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not, not I'm the new doctor. I love her. I'm just oh. talking about Doctor Who in general of the show. It's not my thing. 
Oh, well, we have friends we can invite on for that yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not against it. It's just I, I know I, I grew up with Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor. I did too. I, I loved him. I, I actually liked Chris Eggleston when he came on and was the ninth Doctor. David Tennant was okay, and it just – to me, it became repetitive and, and boring, and others would argue that it's not. And I, I, I love those people. My, a, lot, a lot of my close friends are Whovians, and I love that about them. It's just not something I really get into. Have you seen the new stuff? I have some, yeah. Okay. Because I really the the doctor who rebooted it, yeah, he was pretty awesome. I, I have to say, um, we really liked him. Um, we kind of fell out with Capaldi, to be honest. Yeah, I liked. See, I liked Tennant. I liked uh, Eggleston the better. I, to me, I'm, I'm I'm one of those weird people that liked the Ninth Doctor more than Tennant. And I, I I liked a lot of the stuff. It just to me it got repetitive. And when and when Matt Smith came along, great actor, great doctor. I just I felt like I've seen these stories before. Oh, and, so, hmm. and so I felt like that. I'm not saying it it is that way. It's just something. It's the way it made me. It's like, eh, I've seen this story about the Daleks a hundred times. I've seen this story about this a hundred times. So you know, coming up on the geeky side, an entire conversation about uh, Doctor Who. Exactly. So we next have uh, Atlanta Comic Con. Well, actually, after Who Atlanta is Momocon. Momocon, yeah. Momocon is Memorial Day weekend. And there's a Star Trek convention somewhere in between there, too. It's also Uh, the same day as Momocon. Oh, is it? Okay. Trek Atlanta, I think is what it is. Yeah. Is is it competing with Momocon? It competes with Momocon. Oh, my gosh. I haven't Give give it up, Trek Atlanta. (laughs) Give it up. Well, he, he would tell you that they're different audiences. Uh, okay. So we'll just leave that there. My <laughs> problem that. is that some of your audience is taking their kids to Momocon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I would be the one taking my kids to Momocon, and I would like to go see. I would, if I could drop my kids off at Momocon, which you can't do, I wouldn't. Never suggest. No. I, I'm just not doing it. Um, I would go to, go to Trek Atlanta because that would be more my my style. Yeah. But I like I like all things uh, manga. Excuse me, manga. Mm-hmm. Get, get the purists out there going after you. And anime. I love those things. I, love I mean, anime. I. A buddy and I used to be in business together selling anime. So, well, and you two were actually who got me into anime. Well, exactly. No, I take that back. Dan got me into. Dan got to you some of it. We got you into some of the other stuff. Yeah, Lorders, uh, Lorders. Our buddy is Stephen Carnes. Um, you know, um, who got us all into it, and when we got her, brought brought her more. Yes. Matter of fact, I still have some of his. I know. <laughs> He's never getting it back at this point. Uh, at this point, I can make all sorts of jokes. It's been so, almost two decades. It's mine at this point. Exactly. It, it, nine-tenths of the law is possession. Yes, sir. So, and so, then you have Indie Book Fest. Hmm? Then you have Indie Book Fest. We do. Well, we have Atlanta Comic Con in July, and then Indie Book Fest is actually in Orlando. And I put it on our list because that's the next con that I know for sure that I'm going to be a guest at. I'm very super excited. My friend Jana Oliver, who's going to be coming on later, who wrote a series called The Demon Trappers, uh, here said here in Atlanta, trapping demons all over our city. Uh, she and I will both be at Indie Book Fest along with my co-author, Sherry Fillion. And I hope by then to be releasing my fantasy book. There I'm we actually go. hoping it comes out uh, the first part of this next year, but we'll see. Well, and I, I, I hopefully would like to, I'm going to be looking at Atlanta Comic Con, or as I like to call these, different tracks at Dragon Con. <laughs> yes, a lot of these, a these, lot just of these really are. are. It's just different tracks at Dragon Con. And so I'd like to be able to just focus for once instead of having to run all over the building and all over downtown Atlanta trying to find out where I belong. Well, and there's also Anime Weekend Atlanta, which I forgot to put in here. And it's in... I don't know when it is. Um, the beginning of October. The beginning of October. So it's yep. after Dragon Con next year. So we'll, yep. we'll get that on the schedule. 
we'll have we'll have your full geeks. Can we talk about this for a second? You you've been in Congo for a, for a while now. You tried to get me into Dragon Con back twenty years ago. Yep. And I, I I didn't for many reasons. One wasn't money, and the other was time. Um, isn't it fascinating how these have grown? How the con the con circuit has really taken off. Well, and it, it's changed to some extent. There always right. were there were always were like three or four big conventions a year. Right. And so we have we still have three or four big ones a year, but there's been a lot more niche cons. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Is the niche circuit of it? That's what I meant. I'm and, sorry. Well, and even back 20 years ago, we had some other like the niche cons come and go. Right. Um, like there was a con. I think it's still active. It's called Halocon. Which I love to go to. It's one of my it was one of my all time favorite uh, relaxicons, and um, it kind of dwindled a little bit. I don't know if they're still doing it. it was a fantasy horror convention. It says 2018, so I guess they are um, coming up uh, at the end of this month, next weekend. But um, so those kind of conventions have always been around, but they were always like. 200 people right that's my point is that it's not just a subculture anymore it's it these are really becoming mainstream in a sense i don't know i think i think there's still the subcultures of the big geeky community like i think dragon con has grown and that it's more part of the mainstream yes but when you go to these smaller cons you're definitely getting back to the roots the roots of it and you're seeing less of the mainstream people there Mine's not a, it's not really, it's not a criticism. It's just my, it's, it's interesting to see how more people are going to these things. You really see, I'm not saying that every con's a big con, but there's more cons to go to. There's a place, there's more room for your geek. There's definitely more room for your geek. How's that? Uh, that's what I'm really trying to get across. There's, there's just more room for your geek out there. And I think these small cons are a good place to meet people in your geeky area. That's what I've done. I've made so many friends just at Dragon Con alone. I can't wait to go to Conjuration and really, you know, find that niche of that group too. And then some of these other ones, they just, it's going to be fascinating. True. And then to get, you know, then then get burned at the stake at, uh, who Atlanta, uh, <laughs> so for not being a devotee. Oh, they'll, they'll eventually forgive you. They will. <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll regenerate and take on. And <laughs> so it'll all be good, but whatever your geek is, just know there's that there, there's a con for you. <laughs> yeah. So what's your – kind of just edge us off and transition. So what is your geeky plans for the weekend, Tara? Uh, I am going to grade. Okay. That's, again, very geeky. Um, very geeky. I'm going to grade and sit on the sofa with my husband. He will probably He'll probably watch football. Oh, okay. Darn it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, we, we, has to, here's part of the geeky side is that we're not the classic us against them. We are very much – I'm a football fan too. Right. I'm not doing that because I'm doing something else with my son this weekend. I'm introducing my son to the movie Halloween this weekend. Ugh. I know, I know. I was I was tortured at the age of six. I waited till he's almost fourteen, so I'm a good father. Uh, so. <laughs> I don't like horror stuff. So, like my no, poor no, husband, no. he loves horror stuff. But my son is a, a stereotypical fourteen year old boy who wants to watch a horror movie with his dad, and we've watched I, Alien and Predator, and I think that's awesome. And you yeah. have a, you have a good time doing that. I, well, hey, here's the funny one: we're taking my daughter and my son to go see Beetlejuice tomorrow. Awesome! Yeah, that is be so much fun. Watch they get. We took them to Labyrinth. This we have a great local uh, uh, GTC Real Real Cinemas up here and at the Mountain Cinema version. They do a lot of throwback movie weekends, and this week they've been showing a lot of really good ones. We took them to see Labyrinth with David Bowie and got to see that. I never got to see that as a kid on the big screen, so that was really a lot of fun. Good for you. Uh, yeah, and it's a great. It's great to have that in our local community. I agree. You know, something, so- 
So go find your geek in your local yeah, community and let us know. Please, and, and feel free to share. We'd like to advertise them because, guys, geeks got to stick together. That's right. And we have no idea what we're going to talk about on our next podcast. But take, We have a show. We have a TV but, show that we're going to talk about. I don't, and I don't know. A, oh, okay, or a book. We'll, We've been talking about our book for a while. We'll figure out something. We promise. Yes. And we'll let you know at thegeekyside.com or on social media where. We are at Facebook at The Geeky Side of Life. Um, find us there on Twitter at The Geeky Side at the geeky side of life and on Instagram at the geeky side of life. Do you see a trend here? I see one. Do you? I, I, I tell you, it, I used, you'd like maybe someone who used to, you know, that still teaches social media taught me what to do. I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. Don't, possibly. But please find us, follow us, tweet us, talk to us. The big thing is, is we want this to be a conversation. We don't want this to be a lecture. Yes. Cause we're tired of talking to each other already. And it's only. I, week three. I, I, I mean, just telling you. What? Really? Okay. <laughs> what? Anyway, we'll tell them bye. Bye, audience, and please, please get in touch with your geeky side. Yes, go get your geek on. Bye.